Hey friends, before we get into this episode, we wanted to let you know what's happening here. This entire month will be Christmas in July on Girls Gone Hallmark, featuring some movies that we reviewed, but you've never heard. That's right. These reviews appeared exclusively on our Patreon account, but we dug them out from the vault and we're going to celebrate Christmas in July. I got to tell you, Megan, I'm a little bit concerned because I don't know what I said about these movies. <laughs> oh, you should probably give these episodes a listen too. <laughs> we hope you enjoy this month on Girls Gone Hallmark. As always, join us on our Facebook group to talk about these movies and these reviews. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Patreon. Welcome to a bonus episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. Today we're talking about you, me, and the Christmas trees from the premiere weekend of Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas series, the very first movie. Are you ready? I am. I'm sorry. I was yawning when I said my name. <laughs> it's not indicative of what I thought of this movie at all. Do you have a synopsis? I do. Olivia is Connecticut's resident expert on evergreens who, just before days before the holiday, agrees to help Jack, a fourth-generation Christmas tree farmer in Avon. A mysterious illness has befallen their furs, causing them to die out and threatening his family's 100-year-old business. As Olivia tries to get to the root of the problem and extends her stay in town, she and Jack spend more time together and feelings begin to develop. Let's hop into some news and notes on this movie. Can I start with the disappointing one? Sure. Danica McKellar has signed a deal with oh, no. Gak Family. No. No. I'm seeing some of our favorites jump over there. Jen Lilly is working on movies with their, with that network. And look, Hallmark is far from progressive, but they are working really hard to not be anti-progressive, to be regressive. And I think Gak is doing a good job of doing the exact opposite of that. And I found that disappointing. So basically, I'm guessing that they are just showing them the money and these actors are like, well, okay, I'm going to sign this deal. That's got to be it. And then that makes me start to question, like, the integrity of these actors. But whatever. Hallmark has been bringing in new actors and let's bring some fresh faces. Maybe it's yeah. time. Yeah, maybe it is just time. And who who am I? Never watched Hallmark Christmas movies ever. This is the second year. And I feel connected and hurt, betrayed by these actors who are leaving to go work for this other company. I hear you. I hear you. Uh. Okay, right. so additional news and notes. Do you have anything else on this? You know, a lot of it was that it was really hot in Canada when they <laughs> filmed this movie. It was in August. Lots and lots of the same story that I found that what's-her-face, Danica, what's her last name? McKellar? Yes. That she poured cold water in her boots to cool off, blah, 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 blah. Yes, I read that story over and over and over again. Yeah, me too. It was hot. We talked about this on our review of the Santa Stakeout. Knowing that is kind of taking me out of the holiday moment a little bit. And I'm I'm just going to try and forget it because I want to believe that they're cold in their coats. Well, it's always hot here around Christmas time. So 
you know. It's not hot. I know. I know. It's warm. It's not we're 100 not, degrees, but it's you guys, in the 50s. We live in Southern California. We do not wear big winter coats. Right, Megan, but I'm not in a bathing suit on Christmas Day. True. Fair. Okay, fine. I have uh, two more news and notes. Okay. This took place in Avon, Connecticut. This is the second movie to take place in Avon, Connecticut. The other was... Taking a Shot at Love. I always get that one mixed up with the two for the win or what? Yeah, the skiing. <laughs> the skiing, skiing movie. movie. Yeah. But this was written by Julie Sherman Wolf, who we've uh, had here on the podcast. I really like her as a writer. Yeah. My other news and note is that I thought Jason Hervey, is that how you say his last name? Hervey? Sure. He was such a dick in this movie. <laughs> Is that news? <laughs> I don't know why I have it under news and notes. I, I have thought... a note about that, too. I, I it's, That's later for me. But Okay. Well, all right. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, that's all I have for news and notes. The last thing I have is Julie Sherman Wolf, who, as Wendy just said, wrote this movie. She tweeted that she used the names of her close friends in the movie, and she had an outdoor watch party. And she said, most of the people whose names I used in this movie are here at this premiere party with me. So... I I, saw her watch party on Instagram. It looked real cute. I loved that. And I also loved she kept it super real because she has a teenage son and she posted a photo. The teenager's just on their phone. She's like, let's pretend like they're watching the movie on their phones. They're not. So as parents of teenagers, I could appreciate that. They're like, yeah, yeah, mom. Okay. Totally. Totally. Okay. What was your first impression of this movie? Okay. So this is just the opposite where I was really, really excited for the Santa stakeout and was a little bit disappointed. I wasn't totally looking forward to this one because you trashed Danica. Tell her so much. I did not trash her. I just said she's not my favorite Hallmark actress. I know. This movie. Well, a lot. I listen to a lot of things you say, Megan. So (laughs) I have this, you know, impression that she was a crap actress in these movies, and I ended up really liking it. I agree with that assessment. I went into this movie. I had kind of forgotten prior to watching it that Julie Sherman Wolf had written it. So my hopes were not particularly high. It's the launch movie of Countdown to Christmas that can sometimes not be the greatest spot. Again, Danica McKellar's not my favorite Hallmark actress. I thought this was a great movie. Well written. And I this is my favorite Danica McKellar movie by far and away. Wow. Yeah. No, I thought it was really well written as well. There was a lot of funny lines in it, and I have one that I'm going to mention a little bit later on. So, yeah. So, let's jump into what did you what did you like about it? So, I want to start just hopping back to your news and note callback. Oh. Oh. Uh, Dwayne in this movie, played by Jason Hervey, I wrote that I liked that he's kind of a punk in this movie because <laughs> my memory of his character... Wayne on The Wonder Years, I liked that tie in there, Yeah, was that, again, I haven't watched The Wonder Years in probably 20 years, so I could be misremembering, but my memory is that he's kind of the punk older brother, not super nice to Kevin. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, whether it was intentional or not, liked that they gave him a similar role in this movie. And I knew he was in this and I was like, where's Wayne? And then in in he walks. And so I enjoyed his placement in this movie. So that is what my note says here. Jason Hervey, dick character, very similar to Wayne on The Wonder Years. Quote unquote, Dwayne. I thought that was cheeky and fun and a cute little wink and a nod to The Wonder Years there where they named him Dwayne. I'm 
I'm guessing that was a last minute script change, probably, don't you think? Once they hired him on. Oh, sure. That makes sense. And like you said, I haven't watched The Wonder Years in a bazillion years. And as soon as he came on, I was like, yeah, he was the same on The Wonder Years. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really funny. I was a little disappointed because they really advertised him as this reunion. He was in it for maybe 10 minutes. He was barely in this movie. I think, right, he was in it the right amount for his character. I didn't need more of him. Yeah. But to call it a reunion is more of an offset reunion than anything. It was probably a one-day film day for him. (laughs) Right. There was a moment that I really loved. If you recall, when we discussed Advice to Love By, I complained that there was no heat. These two are actively dating throughout the movie and there's absolutely oh. no affection and all i wanted was like just tuck her hair behind her ear do something yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. there's a moment uh-huh. where jack walks olivia back to her room and he kind of sweeps a little pine needle out of her hair that was oh, yeah. smooth that was a great moment i was like oh my god it's so funny that you mentioned that because i had forgotten about it until you just said it and i was like that was so like subtle and hot at the Uh same time uh (laughs) that I was like oh weak in the knees (laughs) right yeah I agree is this the time where I tell you that Benjamin Ayers is a wowie zowie for me what (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (gasps) no is I mean I find him I find him rugged and handsome and funny but not quite a wowie zowie for me oh he's a total wowie zowie for me Total wowie zowie. Okay. What else did you like? I thought these two had really fun banter. They worked really well together, like comedically. You know, they were funny together, I thought. They like riffed off each other, I thought was really good. And I don't know if that's actors or if that's writing or a combination of both, but I applaud them for that. And I loved the chemistry between them. Well, I thought the exact same thing. I thought they had great chemistry and great banter. And I think Julie Sherman Wolf is a great writer. I think she's one of the best in the Hallmark business. Her writing is quippy and it's witty and it's she's she's funny to talk to. And that translates into her writing. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like Danica and Benjamin Ayers were having a good time with the script. I've never seen Danica be this goofy in a movie. Uh-huh. It felt like they were genuinely enjoying it. Now, granted, they're actors, but they sold me. I believed it. That's what you want from a movie. You want Absolutely. it to feel believable. I agree. She, she, Danica strikes me as a little bit stiff, like buttoned up a little bit. And she did some like funny, silly things in this movie that I was like borderline cringed a little <laughs> bit. But but I was like, all right, whatever. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, it sold me on her character. She strikes me as the kind of person who's a little shy on set, like doesn't uh... like to take super like acting risk like she's not gonna you know do a solo dance like that when she did that twirl yeah yeah i I thought man i could feel how nervous she probably was prior to that moment like she's i'm gonna be on the spot and i'm gonna have to do this but i enjoyed that i thought she let loose a little bit okay another thing i liked about this movie and i talked about this in the santa stakeout too is that at first well even throughout it's not really romantically driven storyline the story was about the trees right? and them trying to figure out what is happening with the trees and what they could lose if the trees are diseased, whatever. That's what I liked about it. It was completely different than mm-hmm. anything I've seen from Hallmark 
right? It was a little more solving the mystery of the trees. What's happening here? That was their end goal, not repairing some tear in their interpersonal relationship. Yeah. Or, you know, like it could have gone really off kilter with like her canceling her wedding and, you know, whatever. But I liked it. I like the storyline a lot. Hey, if you've listened to our most recent episode of the main podcast, it's all about getting your act together prior to the holiday season. And there was a line in this movie that made me think of that episode very much. And the line was, Christmas isn't something to get through. It's something to treasure. And do you think (laughs) you and I are on opposite sides of that sentiment? Well, yes, I absolutely agree with that. That line really stuck with me a little bit. Because I'm always just trying to get through Christmas. And that's what I wrote. I wrote here, I get why she is reluctant to return home for the holidays. She doesn't want to live in this, like, perfect facade. We're a happy family, whatever. Like, I just, I got it. I got it. I liked it. I liked that whole part of it. Yes. Did you like... It made me stop and think, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Hey, did you like anything else about this movie? I really liked the their couple. I cannot remember. Is he the brother-in-law? I thought maybe he was just like a close friend. I don't know. I couldn't remember, but they had that whole drink competition. And of course she won. Come uh-huh. on, guys. Uh-huh. But I just thought that whole scene was funny. Like it was a different, you know, a different spin on baking cookies, which they did. They did a cookie decorating. But like, you know, making like a drink or whatever was like a fun, different spin yeah, I like that something. too. I just yeah. thought it was good. I thought, Gingerbread I, house decorating. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's what I've got. Uh, what did you wish for? I wish that the resolution between Olivia's family was less easy. Uh huh. You know, she had like years and years and years of all this like pent up emotion and feelings of resentment, hating the holidays because of her mom, really. And then like, one single phone call, one single meeting, it's all resolved. It's like, that's a lot to unpack there. I don't well, think it'd be that easy. Yes, it's a quick, they come to the coffee shop and they leave. Jack says to Olivia, you can't expect your parents to solve a problem that they don't know they have. Mm-hmm. And Great line. Great line. Yes, I love that. And it's funny because I had that line written down and until you brought up that resolution, I had forgotten what it was in reference to. And... I think maybe that line speaks to the quickness of the resolution. It wasn't so much that her parents were so attached to these traditions. They were just stuck in them. They didn't realize that it was a problem because she just went along with it. Mm -hmm. And yes, her mom was very much the, is that what you're wearing, mom? But I think there are plenty of us who can relate to that kind of parenting. I mean, I do that with my own children. Like, Yeah, so do I. You know, could could you comb your hair for this event? That sort of thing. I do wish that had been longer, but I did like that the resolution was, hey, let's actually discuss this problem like adults. Mm -hmm. But then Jack freaks out on her at her suggestion to diversify his business. And I was like, dude, you got to communicate why that doesn't work for you, you know? But my question is, can he survive on a one month long business? What is he doing the 11 months out of the year that he's not selling Christmas trees? I understand their attachment to the tree farm. That was the way that it had always been done. Mm -hmm. But you're telling me that in 2021, your entire income comes in in one month out of the year? Well, Christmas trees are kind of expensive. I will say one. But two, on the flip side of that, there's a like a baby Christmas tree farm 
near us a little mm-hmm. bit south. Mm-hmm. And yes, they do Christmas trees during the winter holiday season, but they also have a farmer's market every weekend and they do other things to generate income. Perhaps a pumpkin patch during the mm-hmm. fall. Yes, I don't think it would have been a disservice to his dad's memory to continue to be able to afford to eat. <laughs> yeah, right. To uh, survive. Here, right. Here's what I wished for. And this is a call to all Hallmark, Hallmark writers everywhere. Stop placing the Pivotal Town event on Christmas Eve. It is not believable. I do not care that that's what happened to his grandfather. And so now the town mm-hmm. lights the tree on Christmas Eve. It is not believable, one, that people are willing to wait until the night before Christmas to light this tree. And then Christmas is over. And then what? They're enjoying it through New Year's when they tear it down? No. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe that. I also don't believe that all of these people have nothing better to do on Christmas Eve than set up this party in the town and attend this town party. Everyone's doing their own thing. The town event should be the first weekend in December or the weekend after (laughs) Thanksgiving. So you can then do your own thing for the rest of the month and you can see the beautiful tree in the middle of town. But nobody wants to attend a festival on Christmas Eve. The end. Well, I wanted to bring up the point that Any big, like, holiday Christmas tree here in our neighboring towns is always spray-painted green (laughs) because it dies as soon as you cut it. You know what I mean? Yes. Or it has, like, all this filler into it to make it look like lush and full it's it's never it's never like this freshly cut tree that comes in you know the day of christmas eve or whatever do you recall seeing the rockefeller christmas tree go up last year no so was it in pieces no it's it's a it's a full live tree that they put up every year but when they put it up, and we typically don't see it go up bare, but when they put it up, it looked like it needed a little bit of help. And there was the big joke that, like, this tree had the same 2020 as the rest of us did. <laughs> yeah. And then when it was fully decorated, you know, they add, like, fake branches. And then, of course, they add lights and they add ornaments. It's beautiful. It looks exactly as you expect it to look. And so I don't know what my point is here other than, well, I don't know what my point was. To the point of, like, spray painting green trees, you can put your tree up prior to Christmas Eve. Yes. Stop that. I hear you. All right. Are you ready for Did You See That? I am. Benjamin Ayers tweeted, I do my own stunts about the whipped cream on his nose scene, and I found that hilarious. I thought that was a really funny scene, too. I wondered if it was, like, real. No, it couldn't have been. Like, I know that he really got whipped cream on his face. Just the reaction I thought was really funny. Agree. Okay, so I read some reviews and there is some criticism about a line that he had about an ornament being like 27 years old. Oh my gosh, he's 44. <laughs> he's 44 years old. Like, why are we lying about his age? There's no way he's, he does not look 27, first of all. And she is 46. She's my age. I'm shocked. So I wondered about that line so much because when he says it, he almost gives like a little wink after he says it. He's like 27 years ago. And I almost am like, wait, are we supposed to believe you're 27? Because in the Hallmark universe, if you're 44, certainly you should not be single anymore. Is that Uh is that the implication here? I almost 
it seemed to me when he said it that he laughed a little bit when he said it. But so many people bumped on that line that I think I was maybe alone in feeling that way Mm. and that the intention was that he was playing a 27-year-old. No, there's nothing wrong with being 44, but it's not 27. Yeah, it just was weird. But you're right, though. Like, if she was 46 and still single, well, you know, she was engaged to be married, so... There's no shame in being 46 and still single, but in the Hallmark universe, perhaps there's a message there. Right, right. I would like to know why, as people are continuing to return trees to him and he is giving them their money back, he continues to then sell trees. Knowing there's something wrong, why are you creating more of an issue for yourself? Stop. Stop selling them. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know. And he the amount of money, there was one part I was like, no, wait, Christmas trees are so freaking expensive. They're in the hundreds of dollars for like a fresh cut tree. Mm-hmm. And I don't think like that they were working with that kind of money because I just remember he was giving a refund. Needles fall off the trees. This is not groundbreaking yeah, that's the news. the biggest nightmare of real trees is they're a mess. Exactly. The funniest line for me, and this falls into, did you see that or did you hear that? She says, Danica McKellar says, science for the win. And I thought, huh, I wonder, (laughs) I wonder if that's, I don't, I thought it was funny. I thought it was maybe a little, I I don't know. Yeah. Julie Sherman Wolf, were you being cheeky? (laughs) Cheeky is what the word I was looking for. Yeah. Perfect. That's a great, that's a great call out. I wrote, do trees have DNA? Because Danica talks about needing to DNA sequence these trees. And the answer is yes, trees have DNA. In case anyone wondered, they do have DNA. More of some type of DNA than human, the cells have more DNA than human cells. So they haven't fully mapped the tree DNA sequence. But trees do have DNA. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just wondered, like, she basically made something that already exists. It's like basically that stuff that you put in cut flowers, right? For right. them to last longer. I mean, you could put sugar. I think sugar is another thing that you can put in there. So did they actually solve the mystery of what was causing? Did the trees have a disease? I don't even remember. I don't know either. Mystery. All I know is they had this stopgap measure to keep them alive through Christmas. Right. And then... They were then going to have to solve the issue for next year. Oh, maybe we'll get a part two. Probably not. <laughs> not that she signed a deal with Gak. We're not going to get a part two. You, me, and the pumpkin patch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just real quick. I did look on IMDb. The reviews for this movie were not great on IMDb. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was kind of surprised because I really liked it. But the one that stood up on stood out on IMDb was... Was this shot in spring? No, dummy. It was shot in August, which we know. <laughs> I mean, it, no, it was not shot last December. Like, are these people idiots? They're idiots, right? They were upset that it didn't look like winter. Yeah, exactly. Well, welcome to Hallmark, folks. Yeah, welcome to movie making. Yeah. Right? God. Dummies. They They were a little heavy on the digital snow in this movie. This movie in particular, they were laying down on the ground and the digital snow was supposed to be like hitting their faces, but it would just like magically melt away before it even touched their skin. Yeah. And I always comment on the soapy quality of the fake snow that is used when they use fake real snow. Mm -hmm. 
But I still would prefer that landing on their shoulders to digital snow where there's no snow on their clothes, on anything around them except for the ground at all. Right. It looks like it's going to be a heavy digital snow season. I wonder (laughs) if it doesn't work as well when it's 100 degrees, if if it just dissolves too quickly. The soap bubbles or whatever they have used in the past, possibly. Yes, if that's an issue. What did you rate this movie? I gave this movie three stars. Exactly what I gave it is. Yeah, I liked it. Thank you for listening to this episode. And we'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. Happy watching. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.